My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hi folks, and uh, welcome back to Fanholes Transformer Tuesdays. Uh, as you might know, this is our new spin-off show where we specifically discuss Transformers. The, tonight we've got a kind of special show uh, where we're going to discuss something fairly recent in the world of Transformers. The latest uh, live-action film by uh, Michael Bay, uh, Age of Extinction. It uh, just came out, as we're recording this, it just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, I think I am personally the only, like, of the five original fan holes to have seen it. So, like, I had to call on some old friends of the fan holes to help discuss this. So uh, we've got uh, Jan Christofferson and Kevin Rich. Uh, they've both been on the show before. Uh, why don't you guys say hi? Uh, hi, guys. I'm Jan Airhammer. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin. All right, thank you. I, like I said, I gotta thank you guys because, like, as far as I know, like, I know, like, Tony hates these movies. Uh, Derek has like personally refused to see them, and I don't think just Justin has seen them yet. Uh, well, Justin has seen what he called the first three movies, but he hasn't seen this one yet. So I was pretty much like the only choice, I guess. Yeah, but I, I did want to discuss it, and I know, like, Jan, you like you said you wanted to discuss it too. So I figured it would make a good like current topic to discuss yeah. so uh, I, I will get into it I wrote down a couple questions for you guys just to you know grease the wheels and whatnot um just some uh, background info like first of all this is the fourth movie of Michael Bay's like live action transformer movies um it's written the screenplay is by uh, uh, some guy named Aaron Kruger who also wrote uh, uh, Revenge of the Fallen and uh, Dark of the Moon. Or, or at least he has the primary credit. I'm sure there's tons of like people who like sort of like tweaked it and whatnot. But you know, he he's the primary person to to thank or blame, whatever your preference is. Basically, I'd like to get this out of the way first. Um, obviously, these movies have a lot of detractors, and you know, a very very much criticized series of movies. Not not just with Transformer fans, but like movie snobs in general, pretty much, and, uh, you know, like, I can understand there are people, like, there are problems with these movies, but, I don't know, the way I kind of look at it is, like, I'm, I'm such a Transformers fan that I'm just kind of like, like, look, man, like, Transformers gets a new, like, continuity, like, every year, basically, so it's like, I can't really be hung up on, like, just one particular incarnation of Transformers, and, like, the only way I could get really violently, like, obscenely offended and mad at these movies was if, like, like say, IDW or something said, we're going to, like, cease making, like, More Than Meets the Eye and Robots in Disguise, and we're just going to do movie comics from now on, and then, then I'd probably be pissed off. But, like, since they're, they're clearly not going to do that, I can't really get mad at these movies at all. See, if you've got no faith in us, I'm asking you to do what I do. Technically, like this is kind of a nice like uh, a range of perspectives because I'm in. I saw this movie in America. Jan, you're in Canada, and Kevin's in Japan. So we probably all had like different experiences like viewing this movie. So, and that's like my first question is, what was your like experience like uh, seeing this movie for the first time in a, in the theater? And uh, like, I'll, I'll go, uh, Kevin. What exactly like? When did you see it, and, like, what, what was the experience like? Like, was the theater, like, crowded? Like, that's basically what I'm looking for. Uh, the movie hasn't opened in Japan yet, so there were limited options for seeing it. Um, but the uh, local American military bases do get movies uh, closer to the release date. So if there are differences for the upcoming Japanese version, I wouldn't know what they are yet. But I saw it with uh, a bunch of soldiers and most of their uh, Japanese wives and girlfriends. Oh, that's awesome. 
That's kind of cool. Was it was it a big theater or was it a smaller showing or? No, it was a good sized theater. It's, uh, similar to what I used to see in the Chicago suburbs. Awesome. What about you, Jan? Uh, well, I saw the movie opening night. Uh, <clears throat> Ravens Cry Theater. Uh, you can look that up if you need to. Uh, pretty decent sized place. Uh, it was rather crowded. Yeah, um, not a sellout, but definitely few seats left. All ages really sh- uh, were there. I saw young kids. I saw teenagers. I saw adults. I saw a woman that had to be in her 40s or 50s wearing a Soundwave sweater. So you know, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I, I was I was personally like on the lookout for anyone who had like some kind of apparel on, but I I think I only like it was me and my roommate and we saw it like at nine o'clock on on the Wednesday before it came out and like uh, it was like a pre-screening or whatever and uh, I think me and him were the only ones wearing like Transformer shirts so like I was kind of like oh well that's kind of sad like but you know it was a I had a sold out theater I think and. Uh, the reaction to the movie pretty much was positive from everyone. Like, everyone was laughing and having a good time. So, you know, I guess that's pretty nice. Yeah, so you don't Yeah. Was, was there a generally positive reaction with your guys, Kevin? Or Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think that I, I noticed anyone who, um, upon leaving the theater, were really saying, oh, that was terrible. It was, it was the usual, like, oh, man, that, that rock so hard. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I uh, think... I think that speaks really well to, like, you know, the broad appeal of these movies. Like, you know, it's a nice, like, film experience, basically. Like, at the very least, Michael Bay does, like, spectacle very well. But, uh, I mean, this like, is the fourth movie in the series, so anyone going to see it in theater should have a pretty good idea of what they're going to get. Yeah, you got to expect what you're going to get by now, so. But um, I guess I'll, I'll move on then to my second question, and it's a very, very general one. And like, I wrote a bunch of notes for this. Uh, basically, what did you like about the movie? And uh, like, I'll just I'll I'll start off, and like, I'll say a couple notes, and then like, when you guys say a couple things, maybe I'll have something to add to that, or you'll have something to add to my notes. But uh, like, I'll, I'll say I think in a general sense, the characters were all improved in this movie. Like, the human cast was a lot better, and the like the Autobots, like the Transformers, like, I think they're the first, like, group of Autobots in this these movies that had, like, really, like, defined personalities, and they really, like, stood out, like, from each other. Like, it's funny, like, and I guess I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but obviously there's going to be spoilers for this movie in this discussion, but I was going to say, like, when when Ratchet died, like, Ratchet dies pretty early on in this movie, and, like, I, like, Ratchet had built up just enough personality, like, over the last, like, three movies for me to feel bad when he died. But, like, like towards the end, when, like, Hound is fighting and Hound's, like, starting to run out of ammo and he's, like, getting shot up, I was like, man, I fe- I'm going to feel real bad if Hound dies. And I was like, oh, that's, I think that's, like, a, a, a compliment to the, like, strength of how, like, well-defined Hound was as a character and, like, how likable he was. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I was going to say, like, you know, every, like, Crosshairs and Drift and stuff, they both had, like, very distinct personalities. And even, like... Optimus, like, people kind of, like, rag on, like, uh, the the Michael Bay Optimus Prime, and they think he's kind of, like, well, obviously, well, he is, like, pretty violent and hostile and stuff, but I, I kind of, like, like it, because, I don't know, like, I feel like Peter Cullen, like, whenever he does something modern in Transformers, like, say, in the Prime cartoon, he's always, he always says everything in the same, like, dull, like, epic gravity voice like you know i am optimus prime and i say everything like it's epic like and like i, I kind of like him being like angry optimus and stuff and you know when i when like he finds out that like they they had killed ratchet and they're like d- dissecting ratchet like and he gets really mad like i thought that was pretty effective actually they ratchet and I know it's probably not even intentional, but I kind of took that as like a reference to the, like the old Marvel comics, where like he kind of he freaked out and like almost quit the war after Ratchet like quote unquote died. So I, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of nice. Does anyone have anything to say about like angry Optimus or pa- I should say like passionate Peter Cullen or whatever? It was just a definite different take on the character. It's like. 
you you see Optimus in the first three films, and he's quiet and gentle, and he's outspoken when he needs to be. And here he's just full out, I am pissed off at the human race. And once he finds out that Ratchet died, he's like, I just want to kill whoever did this and take my revenge right now. Like I, I, I was, I was kind of like, uh, I guess I'm, I'm cynical or whatever, but I'm kind of like, you know, what's so special about the humans? I mean, they've been killing you for four movies now, like, and you, you're still like, oh, I don't kill humans. Like, I, I, I kind of say, like, treat them like any other enemy or whatever. Like, we're not special or anything. Like, but. Kevin, you have anything to say about that? I really enjoyed how that kind of seemed to go back and connect with what he did uh, in, I think it was the second movie, where he was just really, really gung-ho on, on the humans. Like, they're a young species. They haven't had enough time to really find their place in the universe. Uh, he even says to uh, uh, Megatron that the future of our race isn't worth the life of a single human child. Uh, and he's just—he's really like you know. This is our war. This is our thing. We brought it here. We can't—we can't let them suffer for our mistakes. Finally, now I, I move before. He's like, look, I have given these guys every single chance. I have you know, been patient and kind and understanding, but they have like just butchered everyone that I've met, everyone I know, everyone I care about. They have just ripped apart and are using now for their own little uh, financial gain. And he's like, no, there, there's no more of this. Um, I was also going to say, like the, like I mentioned, the human cast. Like, I, I liked Mark Walt. Like, I'll say, like, Shia LaBeouf, like, I thought he was okay in the first movie, but, like, from the second and third movie, I just started to get, like, annoyed by him. And, like, by the third movie, I was like, yeah, okay, I hope you die. Like and, but so I I was really happy like I like Mark Wahlberg and uh, I I think he was a good like main human character I mean some people might kind of say like his 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 character was kind of like a cliche like movie like unrealistic kind of character where he's like oh I'm Marky Mark and I'm an inventor or whatever and I, I'm smart and I can hack into government drones because I'm an inventor. Like, and I have some kind of, like, like technical knowledge, and, you know, it's kind of a leap, but I, I was kind of like, well, you know, it's that kind of movie, so I, I kind of went with it. And uh, I was going to say, I, I also liked uh, Frasier as the bad guy. Like, I thought he was pretty good, and I, I, I really like Kelsey Grammer, and I, I thought he did a very effective bad guy as well. And anything to say about, like, the human cast, uh, Jan? <sighs> well... There's no mention of the former cast. That's what people need to re remember about this film. You're always wondering, you know, the Autobots have gone through so much, but what happened to Simmons and Epps and Lennox and Sam and so forth? And the new cast really... Well, you're only really introduced to three different sections here. You've got uh, Katie Yeager and family, and then you've got the CIA and then uh, Stanley Tucci's character and his company. And I just, they, it, it was refreshing to see new characters, and I just enjoyed them a lot more than the previous cast, even though I have favorite characters from the previous cast, such as uh, Agent Simmons. He, I'd say he's my favorite of the former characters. And, uh, yeah, they did really well. Uh, I enjoyed many of the new human characters in this film. Yeah, I liked. I, I actually liked. Uh, I guess like Stanley Tucci kind of took over like Simmons' role as like sort of the comedy relief. I thought he did yeah. a good job. Like, I thought he did like the heavy scenes a lot better than like Simmons would have too. Like he was, you could take him seriously, and then when he was funny, he was like he was like funny. Like I, I love that scene where the end, at the end battle where they all run into like the restaurant to hide, and he's like, "Oh, this is perfect! Like the best place we could have gone, like a big glass box." <laughs> yeah, was, I was laughing at that. But uh, uh, Kevin, what do you think of like the new human cast? I loved the entire new human cast. Uh, I liked them individually. I really liked how they all came together. The motivations for Frazier and Stanley Tucci. Uh, I thought that came together, like, really well, like, how they were connected. How Frazier was saying, like, you know, like, I sent you out here to do this. You know, you're the one making the money. Uh, you are my golden parachute. Uh, 
Um, it, it wasn't just like, oh, all robots are bad. We have to kill all the robots. It was like, no, you know, that, that's cool, but we're going to be like rich and famous and awesome after this. Yeah, he, he pretty much saw like a both of them saw, kind of saw like a profit out of it, like Stan. But where, whereas like Stanley Tucci's character, I think what's his name, uh, Joshua Joyce, I think his name was. Yeah. Okay, and uh, like they both of them sort of are the like two sides of the same coin, like where you know Fraser, Fra- we keep calling him Fraser. His the character's name is uh, Harold Attinger. But obviously, like Kelsey Grammer, like overpowers that since he's such an iconic actor, and like Frasier was such a iconic role. So we'll probably keep referring to him as Frasier. I had the same dream. Somewhere along the way, you made billions of dollars. So why don't you tell me what's missing from my dream? Why don't you tell me what's missing from my boyhood dream? He he was pretty much the bad side of that coin, and like Stanley Tucci eventually reveals himself to have a conscience, and like he he becomes like the good side of that coin, where he's like, okay, well I recognize now that there are good auto, there are good robots and there are bad robots, and what we were doing was probably wrong, and you know maybe I'll, things will improve from this point for, further. I wanted, speaking of villains, like, I wanted to, I guess you could say the main villain of this movie was Lockdown, who people might recognize um, from the uh, Transformers animated series, which is where he debuted, and uh, he's gotten, he's been, since then, he's been, like, retconned into movie and G1 continuity in the IDW comics, so, like, obviously, like, he's a character archetype that kind of strikes a chord with people, like, he's the Boba Fett of, like, Transformers, kind of, where he's, like, a bounty hunter. Uh, what did you guys think of, like, Lockdown in, in general? And, like, I, I kind of think it's kind of, like, cool, like, like, like maybe five years ago, like, could you imagine that, like, Lockdown would be in a live-action, like, Transformers movie? Like, it's almost, like, uh, unreal, like, the, the, the turnaround, almost. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have expected him to get into the movies this uh, early, but uh, the character is rather badass, you know he's the uh, he's the big bad bounty hunter, and he just doesn't take any shit from anybody. Uh, then you got his, you know his BFG transform transformation from uh, his head, and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah he kills Ratchet with that move, or well at least disables him uh, effectively, and then uses it again on Optimus. Very effective, very good character, and. I guess I would have wanted to see more of him, but yeah. I think I think the only thing I was sad about with Lockdown was that Lance Hendrickson wasn't voicing him again. Mm. Like they, I think they got uh, his name. The guy's name is Mark Ryan, uh, who also voiced Jetfire in Revenge of the Fallen to voice Lockdown. So I guess he must be a like Michael Bay favorite or in-house player or something. But I was I was kind of like hoping they'd get like Lance Hendrickson back to voice Lockdown, like he did in animated. But uh, Kevin, what did you think of Lockdown? I thought he was a very effective. And he he was he was an actual character. He wasn't just kind of. You know, well, we need a bad guy, so uh, we'll stick him in there. Like he had, he had uh, really defined motivations. Um, he had some really great one-liners. The lines is a contract, and contracts, like humans, expire. Had a really cool design and nice voice. The the BFG from the face was, I mean, awesome. Yeah, I think it it really kind of fit with who, like who he was and what the job he was doing. Like he was kind of like a you know a black ops like mercenary or whatever. So you know he used that BFG to snipe people like from afar. Like I, I think I had like a fanboy moment when he like first transformed, uh, and like his he turned transformed his hand into the hook, and I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like that. There we go. Like even even if. His 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 design is kind of unfamiliar, like from animated. At least he has the friggin' like hook hand. So I was I was pretty happy with lockdown. And uh, I guess I should point uh, mention like the other main Transformer villain was Galvatron, which they introduced in this movie. And um, Galvatron basically is Megatron again. Like <laughs> this is like the second time Megatron's died in these movies, and it's second time or the second time he's come back. And this time it's like he, he he's come back um, because uh, Stanley Tucci's character was examining Megatron's uh, or his company was examining Megatron's corpse 
and like Megatron still had some sentience left, even after like Optimus Prime ripped his head off in the last movie or whatever, and he like kind of got them to build him a new body and like uh, infuse him with all this new technology that they uh, they had, and uh, basically, uh, and and now since uh, I guess Hugo Weaving isn't interested in, in being in these movies anymore, they got Frank Welker to do Galvatron's voice. And uh, I think Kevin, you were pointing out to me earlier that it's weird that they got they finally got Frank Welker to do the voice, and he's voice he does his Megatron voice, but for Galvatron. So I thought that was kind of yeah, like funny too. Galvatron. Uh, Kevin, what did you think of Galvatron? I liked Galvatron. Um, I thought that his creation uh, added a lot to the human characters, like where they've got uh, Stanley Tucci saying like. Why does it look like Megatron? It shouldn't look like... Just because we've got it hooked up to Megatron's head, I don't understand. Why does it look like Megatron? And it's like, ah, so he's an idiot. Okay. Um, I thought when I first saw Galvatron's transformation, um, I was really surprised that they found a way to work the Creo line into the new movie. Yeah, I guess we. I should mention, yeah, that that um, like Stanley Tucci's character, like their company, they kind of they uh, unravel like the Transformer genome pretty much, and they they discover like the the metal that the Transformers is made out of, and they kind of like you know uh, weaponize it, and they they break down the code, and they they call it like <laughs> Transformium, which is kind of like. It, uh, admittedly, is kind of lame, but you know, I guess uh, whatever. You know, it's 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 a plot device, and so any any transformer that the uh, Tucci's like company creates, they they don't really like transform in a traditional sense, but they kind of like they <laughs> they turn into all these like metal like blocks and swirl around and like become a swarm of these like metal blocks and then reform into whatever form they want. Which is, I guess, like kind of like beast machines, like cheating, like morphing or whatever. But I, I thought it was an interesting visual, at least. Yeah. I, I was I was guessing that like I know like Stanley Tucci points it out, but he's like, you know, what's that big menacing like orange hole in Galvatron's chest and whatnot? And I, I was assuming that that big orange hole in his chest was supposed to be some kind of homage to like. G1 Galvatron's like cannon barrel or whatever but like I guess it wasn't it wasn't that clear but or maybe I'm like looking for connections that aren't really there but uh, like I, I thought that was kind of a funny moment but I guess as far as other characters go uh, the, the the also the other elephant in the room or I guess I should say dinosaur in the room are the Dinobots uh, who are uh, introduced as um, captives aboard Lockdown's ship. He doesn't really say where they came from or like how he got them. I don't think he just kind of like implies that he had them for a while. And uh, or what does he say, Jan? He says like they're knights or something that he like the legendary knights that he captured or something. I think that's the one part of the film I got confused with. Because at the very beginning of the movie, we see what appears to be Grimlock frozen in the ice in the Arctic on Earth. But then, you know, here he is in the ship with the other three. I don't, I don't know. It, it's like, yeah, here's all these weapons, and they talk about the knights and such, but I didn't really get it. Yeah, it was very it was very vague. It was kind of like it's kind of like that unearned backstory that was in Revenge of the Fallen where they're you know, where they kind of introduce the fallen but they don't tell you anything about him and you're just supposed to assume things or you're just supposed to be like a Transformers fan already and know what the fallen is. Yeah. And like it was kind of like that with the Dinobots where the like Lockdown's just like, "Oh yeah, check this out. I got these robot dinosaurs in here." Like I'm not going to explain them, but they're here, you know. But I don't know. Like I, I thought they were like visually impressive, and like they were definitely like awesome looking in the the final fight scene and whatnot. But I thought they were. It was kind of like just something they kind of tacked on to the end, like sort of like Venom and Spider Man Three, where they were like, you know, okay, like we haven't done the Dinobots yet, and we have to do them. So let's find a way to get them into this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, what did you think of the Dinobots? On the one hand, you. Yeah. Dinobot. That's awesome. That's yes. <laughs> incredible. 
but th- there are there are some some questions that I was left with even after like the movie finished, like why do they turn into robot dinosaurs? Like were they trying to disguise themselves on Earth as really large robot dinosaurs? <laughs> and why is Swoop a two-headed dragon? Yeah. That was I, I think I, I liked uh, Drift's line when Grimlock transforms and he's like, I was expecting a giant car. <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty funny, but Well, I was yeah, I was thinking of uh how did they originate? Uh I go back to the beginning of the film and you have um what I assume are the creators that have shown up on Earth and they're firing this ray that's turning everything to metal. As you watch it, and then you see what the Dinobots are, and you see uh, how Lucas is killed earlier on in the film, it makes me think, is this weapon of theirs supposed to be an homage to the key of Vector Sigma? Oh, yeah, because it, like, metalizes them, kind of, yeah. It's like, Lucas obviously went from living, breathing human being to... uh, this metal corpse, but maybe the dinosaurs turned into sentient metal dinosaurs or something, and I don't know. It's very difficult to figure out. Yeah, they 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 really do leave it to for you to piece together, and it, and uh, unfortunately, and I, I guess like this could be considered like some criticism, but like they leave it to you to piece together because they couldn't like they didn't want to bother with the backstory basically. Yeah. And it's kind of like what I said about the Fallen, where it's kind of like that unearned backstory, where you just gotta like sort of roll with it, where you're like, oh yeah, this is like the Fallen, like he's he's Megatron's master, he's like an ancient guy, he's powerful. That's all you need to know. And it's like the Dinobots, it's like they're metal dinosaurs, and you know Lockdown has them, and Optimus frees them, and then you know they they help them. That's all you need to know, basically. Legendary warriors, the powers that created us. Now what is all extinguished? We must join forces, or else forever be their slaves. So today you stand with us, or you stand against me. How were they legendary warriors if they were just like created and then scooped up by lockdown? Like, yeah, what, what made them legendary? <laughs> I, I know I was kind of sad that none of them talked, really. Like, they were just kind of yeah. big, dumb brutes. Well, not not even dumb brutes. They just didn't even talk or anything. Like, they just kind of roared and, like, you know, bare, it's, they seemed barely, like, sentient or whatever. So, like, you know, but whatever, you know. I, I mean, I, I was happy to see them, and I, I think, like... I, I was pretty, like, I had a, like, fan moment where, like, you know, Optimus and them were, like, riding them into battle and stuff out, and, you know, they're riding, and they're, they're, they run into the city, and, you know, that that whole, like, sequence was pretty epic. But, again, like, you know, it's kind of, like, sacrifice the, the backstory for the badassness, basically, so... You know, I guess we'll we'll get into that when we talk more about like the stuff we didn't like about this movie. But um, let me just move on. Uh, my my last note is I always liked the music in these movies. Like I've always liked the score, and like it's kind of your typical like Michael Bay score where everything's kind of like you know overblown and like dramatic and like oddly like an undertone of like uh, like patrioticness almost, I guess. But um, I liked um the 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 theme song for this movie, uh, uh, Battle Cry by Imagine Dragons, and I, I liked it because they actually incorporated it into like the movie a lot, and that like in during like a lot of uh like fight scenes and stuff, and it, it was very effective. And like while I, I I don't have a huge problem with like Lincoln Park who did like the theme songs to the last three movies, I felt like their songs had nothing to do with anything in the film. Like, you know, like, the, like the, take the end of the first movie. It's kind of like, you know, it ends with Optimus, like, talking about, you know, like, Earth is our home now, and we're going to stay here. And any Autobots are like, welcome to come here. And then you hear, like, what I've done, you know, and I'm like, there's nothing to do with, like, anything. It's like, and it, I don't know, I guess... Like I like I said I I have no problem with Linkin Park but like their songs are so like generic sometimes and like at least Battle Cry which is like I said the the theme song for this 
this uh, movie, like it, it, it showed up a ton of times in the battle in the battle scenes, and like you know when it started up, I was getting like it, it certainly aided in the battle scenes. Like I started to get pumped when I started to hear you know, you know, it started up and like I thought that was especially effective when they um Cade infiltrates like the 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 company and he sees like you know Ratchet's skull and he like transmits the image to Prime and Prime's like all pissed off and stuff and they infil- they like break into the facility like the Autobots and they tear it apart and it was cool but and and then of course yeah like at the end when uh uh Prime like beats lockdown and whatnot and takes off at the end so yeah like I, I so basically I'm saying I I liked the score and I liked the theme song do you guys have anything to say about the music not really. Uh, I guess, yeah, not much of an opinion from me because I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I was just engrossed in everything else, really. Yeah, pretty much the same here. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it. I liked most of the music in all four of the Transformers movies, and I didn't. it wasn't much different this time. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, well, um, that's pretty much all I have as far as notes of like like positives I have to say about this movie. Um, I'll I'll ask you guys though. Do you have anything else like specifically you want to mention that you like really liked about this movie? No, I think I said everything. Uh, just it's just a refreshing film. You get away from Shia and all of the crazy annoying characters from the other three films, and you got a new semi-new setting just something new to take in I really liked how self how self-referential this movie was like they start right off with them in the the old movie theater and the guy's like oh I'm so sick of all these stupid sequels and reboots <laughs> like like okay I'm I'm on board there and they they give us like the, the crazy uh, comic relief character who's been in like all three movies always been like the, like the one just oh ha ha he's so wacky and then they just brutally murder him in like the first <laughs> act it's like oh whoa okay that that kind of caught me by surprise <laughs> yeah poor uh, T.J. Miller yeah like, uh, it's pretty funny and you know he's you know the wacky roommate you know funny guy but then it's just like oh dead now like, <laughs> okay that's a little bit dark but okay by saying it's like we know what you expect, and yeah, it's going to be a lot of what you expect, but you're not going to see everything coming. Yeah, I definitely felt like refreshed by this movie. Like, if like by the time like Dark of the Moon was over, I'm like, okay, I hope like someone else like does these movies next time, or you know, Michael Bay takes a break or something. But after this movie, I was kind of like, okay, well, like you know, I still would like to see someone else direct these Transformers movies, but I was kind of like, okay, you know, that wasn't too bad. You know, I'm like, you you you've reset the the barometer or whatever, you know. As, insofar as, like, if you can stand Michael Bay to begin with. It is what it is, basically. You know what a flaw is, Wembley? A flaw. A flaw is a total failure. Okay, well, I guess then I should transition then. Um, we, we just said what we enjoyed about the film, so let's let's get a little harsh and say, like, what what we thought did not work about the film. And, like, I, again, I'll, I'll read a couple of my notes and then, like, if you guys want to add to them, and then you can add your own notes or whatever. Um, I would say the the biggest problem with all these movies is basically can be summed up with one word, bloated. Like, I think these movies are way too long. Like, this one was, like, two and a half hours, and, like, that's, you know, it, that's a long time for anyone to sit in a seat. But the, the problem is, like... Michael Bay, like, kind of, like, spends too much time on stuff we don't care about as much, and, like, he could he, he could have easily trimmed, like, 20 minutes out of this film of just, like, you know, various, like, people running places, and, like, I don't know, like, it, it, was, it was a lot worse in Revenge of the Fallen and Dark of the Moon, where, like, um, in the final battles, like, I think Revenge of the Fallen is the absolute worst, where it spends, like, 20 friggin' minutes with, like, Shia and Megan Fox, like, running through the desert or whatever. 
And I'm kind of like, wait a minute, well, like, you know, Bumblebee just drops them off, and then they they have to run to go to find, like, whatever, I think, like, Optimus Prime's body or whatever. And I'm like, wouldn't it be, like, a lot faster if Bumblebee just drove you there? But no, I guess you have to run there. And they literally take, like, 20 minutes to do that. And then, like, in Dark of the Moon, it's like when they're in that building and Shockwave's, like, giant worm driller thing is, like, knocking the building over. That that takes, like, another, like, 20 minutes for the building to come down, for them to get down. And, like, it's kind of like, you know, and all that is interspersed with, it, it's like, okay, 10 seconds of Transformer action, then five minutes of the humans, like, running up and down a building or across a desert. And then another five seconds of Transformers action. And then, like, eventually I got kind of sick of that. And this movie kind of falls into that trap a little bit, but I, I think it does better than the other two movies at, at the very least. But, yeah, I, I would say, like, being blo- over overloaded and bloated, uh, like, to, to excess and to waste is, like, the biggest flaw in these movies. Uh, do either of you have anything to say, like, about that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Or? Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, I can agree. It's rather bloated. Um, this one, probably not as much. They downplay it a bit uh, for some of the scenes. They don't drag on for far too long. And then you go on to something new. So, yeah, it's it's better here than the last films. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's the longest of the four movies, and it, it is really long. But it doesn't feel as horribly bloated as some of uh, especially the the second and third movie. Um, there's, there's very few there's very few things that really they I think why why was that in there? I mean, a lot of the first act where like oh we're gonna lose the house and oh I I repair Walkmans and oh that's an eight track player and oh the comedy black lady who he's gonna chase her away with a baseball bat like okay that's that's kind of like, yeah that had to be there but. You could have maybe chopped that down a little bit. Yeah, like, I definitely. I, yeah, like I was enjoying the film to a point where I hadn't even realized how much time had gone by. Um, so I guess the the film length didn't bother me as much with this one, as much as say Revenge of the Fallen, which went farther to me. Definitely, I think Revenge of the Fallen. The problem is worse. The absolute worst in that movie, and but yeah, I do agree that this movie did a lot better job of moving things along, and like you know, I guess better dispersing like the stuff that we basically want to see, which is the robots hitting each other with like the humans and the the human interest story and whatever. But um, I guess that that'll move me on to my second like negative point. Um, I I did mention like a bunch of humans that I liked, but I think uh. Mark Wahlberg's daughter and her boyfriend were probably the worst humans in this movie, or at the very least, like, the least effective characters in this movie. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I I couldn't care less about what either of them were doing, basically, at any time. And, like, I, like, I wouldn't have minded if they had, like, just kind of, like, been written off and it would just stay with Mark Wahlberg and Stanley Tucci for a while. Because neither of them really had any kind of charisma and, like, I didn't really, like, I didn't care if they lived or died or anything. Like, I mean, obviously you've got a sort of emotional connection between Mark Wahlberg and his daughter, but, like, I, I honestly, like, I couldn't care less. Like, you know, I, I was more invested with Mark Wahlberg's character and what, like, you know, him trying to step out of the mold he was cast in and sort of, like, be, like, a hero or whatever. But, you know, what did you guys think of those two characters? Um, I've seen a lot of people rip on Jack Rayner's uh, role as Shane, and I don't know, like, I liked him. He was okay. I guess you could say, yeah, they didn't exactly have to have him there. He was more of the, hey, I'm the boyfriend, I've been secretly dating your daughter, and now I'm just trying to impress you. I guess they could have left him out. Nicola's role as Tessa... I know a lot of people give Megan Fox a bad time for the first first two films, but I would say that Megan was Shakespeare in comparison uh, <laughs> to Nicola. 
<clears throat> yeah. Well, I think, like, a lot of... Uh, speaking to that, I, I think a lot of people, like, rag on, like, Megan Fox, like, as a person and as an actor. But mm-hmm. I like Michaela as a character. Like, I yeah, think Michaela, like, do- actually is, like, helpful. And she she's more helpful than Sam is in those, like, first two movies. And mm-hmm. she, she she gets more stuff done than, like, over... than, than Sam. And just because Sam's, like, the main character, he gets more of the focus, but... Tessa is kind of she's the same kind of character as what's her name uh, Carly was in Dark of the Moon where she's kind of a damsel in distress and she doesn't really do a whole lot of useful things and she's just kind of like you know just there to be eye candy more or less and you know obviously not really not really any anyone I guess like female viewers would maybe like connect with or look up to so yeah, like I, I enjoyed Rosie's portrayal as um, as Carly, and considering that she's an actual Transformers character that we finally got, just kind of added to it. But yeah, she was kind of there. She could have done more, uh, portrayed more of her G one uh, self a bit better. Tessa just seemed very fake. She's hanging around the farm in far too much makeup which never seems to run off of her face in any way, <laughs> no matter how much she's sweating and running through, you know, hot ships and all this stuff. It, it's perfectly in place. And, yeah, uh, she was definitely the weakest of the characters, and if Katie Yeager is to return for the next film, it wouldn't bother me if Tessa was, you know, off at college and never mentioned other than, you know, that's where she is. Okay, let's move on. Continue the movie. Uh, same with Shane. <laughs> what, what do you think, Kevin, of, about Shane and Tessa? Uh, Jan, are you sure that you want to see her go off to college in the next movie? Because we had the going off to college thing in the second Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one would be off screen. <laughs> off screen. That's the main difference. We got, we got, you know, Cade, you know, all like, you know, with the with the pot brownies and you'd be hitting on her teacher. <laughs> oh, man, no, don't even remind me of that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really care for them. They made, they made some really strange choices with with her. I mean, like the the first thing you hear from this character is like, oh man, it's almost summer. Now we're gonna go get a tan and get wasted. Like, okay, and you're you're 17. That's Okay, that's a fun introduction to your character. And it's like, oh, yeah, also, uh, I'm dating a 20-year-old guy. And he was like, whoa, that's that's weird. And then the, the 20-year-old guy was like, no, wait, check it out. See, I got the law in my pocket. Totally okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit, like, specific. Like, this is like, okay, this is, this is a movie. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it's not made, you know, for the preschool crowd. But, I mean, do you really want a questionable, like, you know, jailbait-type relationship in your toy movie? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's true, it's, it's true, yeah. Why did that have to be there? Like, why couldn't she be 18? Why Why did they, like, why did they even have to mention it? It's like, that's... And no one had a problem with that. They're like, oh, yeah, totally, go, go for it. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg should have just kicked Shane like out of the car and been like, you know, step on him, guys. Like, go ahead, go for it. Like, you know, you can have him. Mr. Yeager, this is not how I wanted us to meet. Okay, I'm Shane, and I'm a completely. And I am not talking to you. Drive the car. Okay, well, um, I'll move on to my next point, which is um, the dialogue sometimes. Um, like, like I was, I was earlier, I was praising like Optimus and like Peter Cullen's performance as like a more sort of like passionate and like angry Optimus Prime and like an Optimus Prime with an edge. But sometimes I feel like they just throw any random like dialogue into his mouth just because they think it like Peter Cullen will it'll sound cool coming out of Peter Cullen's mouth. And like sometimes it just does not work. Like like for example like I, um. When he's when he's 
quote unquote recruiting Grimlock for them. He's like, you know, like he's kind of like, you know, we need your help. We need to stand together. And obviously, like Grimlock's attacking him, and like he's like, you know, we're going to give you freedom. And he backhands him and knocks him over. And then he takes his sword out and he drags it along Grimlock's like throat and says, "You will protect my family or die." And I'm like. Optimus, I'm not sure you know what freedom means, but... <laughs> that, like, could change the entire thing, the entire course of the movie, like how you view it. Maybe Optimus doesn't know what freedom is. <laughs> he doesn't. He has no idea. He's like, oh, that's what that means? Oh, man, I've been going about this all wrong. Like, uh, But another line was, after he kills Lockdown, he, like, looks at Cade and he goes, uh, honor until the end. And I'm like, wait... What does that have to do with anything? Like, that just happened. Like, stabbing a guy in the back when he's not paying attention and slicing his face in half is honor until the end? Like, I don't even know what he was referring to there. Like, I don't know. But And, of course, of course you've got, like, there's always in one in all these movies, it's like there's always one line where that just doesn't seem right coming out of any Optimus Prime's mouth. And, like... He says, uh, he, he says, I'll kill you, like, three times in this movie. And I'm willing to let the very first one slide, because he's just waking up, and he's delirious, and he's damaged. And he's kind of, like, kind of discombobulated, and he doesn't know where he is. And he's, like, pointing his gun at Cade, and he's like, I'll kill you! And stuff like, Get back off, humans! Like, like, that one's cool, but, like, I'm less willing to, like, give it to him when he's, um when he's charging into battle with Grimlock, and he leaps off to tackle some random Decepticon mook who's, like, not doing anything, and he's like, I'll kill you! And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, anger issues often. Okay, like, you had me up until there, but, like, I don't know. It seems like... I I think I remember reading that Peter Cullen said that, like, he would do a ton of, like, line readings from Michael Bay, and, like, he had no idea which lines Michael Bay would use... And, like, I guess Michael Bay would choose these, like, you know, extremely, like, brutal lines for Optimus Prime. Like, obviously, like, you know, in, in Revenge of the Fallen, there's the infamous, Give me your face! <laughs> and then, uh, in Dark of the Moon, when he kills Shockwave, he's like, You die! And then, like, I, I was kind of like, like, none of those, like, lines seem like, no matter how hostile and violent this Optimus Prime is, like, I can't see him, like, being that direct about it, I guess, but... I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, he he definitely just snapped. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just he broke something in his head when he woke up or something, yeah. Yeah, it must have been all those mortar shells. <laughs> yeah, seeing all of the Autobots come under fire... And, like, we don't even know the fate of most of the team. We only see uh, Leadfoot and Ratchet's uh, fates. We don't know about Jolt or Sideswipe or any of the others. It's like, yeah, I've been protecting you humans for three movies, and you go and repay us like this, and, you know, I, I, got, a, I got this vendetta against Sideshow Bob, you know? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he just flipped out, and, uh, yeah, when I heard the... The I'm going to kill you, I, I agree with you. The first time I let it slide, and then it just kept going and going. It's like, damn, Optimus, you are pissed. But it's like, like, like if he said, I'll kill you to, like, lock down and, or, or something, then maybe I'd say, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Or, But he just said, I'll kill you to some random, like, Decepticon, like, grunt who's just standing on a building and stuff. And I'm like, man, okay, that, that might be the sign of some kind of ang- deep-seated anger issue, Optimus, or something. Mm-hmm. But, I don't what do you think, Kevin? Yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, Optimus is really pissed at these Decepticons that have, like, existed for all of about 15 minutes. It's, <laughs> like, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to kill all these humans for what they've done to me and the other Autobots. And meanwhile, the Decepticons are like, they totally killed us. Like, they, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry they almost killed you, but they totally killed me, and I have just come back from the dead, and I'm here in wonderful scenic Hong Kong, which is a beautiful <laughs> city, and I really think that, you know, if you ever have a chance to spend any amount of time in Hong Kong, 
especially if you just returned from the dead. It's a wonderful place. And then suddenly, just pissed off Optimus Prime, just like starts knifing you in the back. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Why am I the bad guy? What did I do? Like, dude, I just got here. I remember during, like, when Revenge of the Fallen was coming out, there was, like, a... It seemed like in the, the tie-in comics for Revenge of the Fallen, there was, like, a conscious effort made to show that, like, all those Decepticons that they murdered, like, in the first ten minutes, like, were actually, like, bad people and deserved to be murdered. Because, like, it seems... If you just watch Revenge of the Fallen, like, you know, Sideswipe cuts that one car in half, and then, like, Optimus executes the big, like, steam shovel guy, uh, Demolish. Sure, but like, if it's almost like, man, like, what did those guys do that they deserve to just die like immediately? But it, like, the tie-in comics make it clear that those guys were like war criminals and murderers and stuff. But like, I don't. It's kind of like it's strange sometimes when you you don't have that context. Basically, even if Optimus Prime is more aggressive in the movie universe, like, I, I, I some lines just do not sound right coming out of Peter Cullen's voice. He sounds like unhinged like I said I, I did enjoy like the portrayal of his anger towards the humans but at the, there is a cutoff point and I think those lines exceeded that point my only other note for like negative stuff um, is the ending with Optimus Prime randomly generating like Iron Man boot jets out of nowhere like I, I was kind of like wait a minute why didn't he just, like, fly everywhere to begin with? And, like, there was no real explanation for that. And, like, at the very end, he just kind of flies up into the sky like like he could always do it, like Superman or something, or Iron Man, because he's got the little boot jets. And I'm kind of like, whoa, 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 when did that happen? And, you know, I, I also think, just just on a, a humorous side note, um, I think they missed an opportunity there. For when Optimus said, like, I'm going to go find my creators and whatnot, and take off, and, like, they missed an opportunity there for uh, Mark Wahlberg to say, well, all right then, say hello to your mother for me, Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> they they totally fumbled that opportunity, but... Would it, would it, did you guys have any problem with, like, the ending, or, or the boot jets in, in general? Yeah, no. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really think of it. It's... Uh yeah, it didn't clue into me that suddenly he had them. I don't yeah, know. Like, it seems kind of weird. He can just change from one, you know, from the crap semi to, you know, the the Knights of Cybertron semi and, like, snap up. Okay, sure, boot jets, why not? I guess so. Yeah, like, well, like, I, 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 I'm ready to accept that they can switch alt modes, like, at the drop of a hat or whatever, but, like, I don't know, like, the boot jet seemed like something, like, like that would change the plot if he had used them earlier basically, but, like, he didn't, so I, I, I was kind of like, okay. Like, at the very least, they could have, like, you know, dragged out his old, like, jet fire corpse gear or whatever, so he could fly into space or whatever, but I guess there wasn't time for that, so, I don't know. It, it's just a, like, that's my, like, super, like, super minor nitpick. Like, I, 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 I don't buy the science of Optimus Prime boot jets. Well, for all we know, he got them from Lockdown's armory before he left the ship, and we just didn't see it. That's true, yeah. But again, like I said, like that could have changed several things towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's kind of a nitpick when it when it comes down to it. But any, I'll, I'll open the floor to you guys. Like anything I haven't mentioned that you guys had a problem with in this movie. Uh, the realtor character <laughs> at the beginning uh, <laughs> definitely gave me yeah. some Bobby Bolivia flashbacks right away, and uh, I was like, as soon as she got onto the screen, I'm like, oh god, you guys are going to be complaining about her so much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the scene is brief, and uh, Mark Wilberg just makes it kind of work, like, yeah, I got this bat, you're going to take off, or I'm going to start trashing your car. <laughs> Yeah, that was the only the only real thing in there. It was just like, why did you need the the Bobby Bolivia character? I mean, like, did, what what was the point of that? Yeah, I I was actually I was kind of like to say something positive. Like I was impressed that like 
that the 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 amount of like like sort of poopy jokes was kind of or like you know more more scatological humor was greatly greatly reduced in this movie like like it, it, they seemed like they they made an honest effort to like lower the quotient of that so I, I was grateful for that at least I guess uh, I guess it's you know as as far as bad stuff I mean that's all I wrote really and I mean. Yes, like I like I said at the beginning of this show, like you know, obviously that these movies have detractors, and obviously, like I can I can even agree that like Michael Bay is like at the very best he's a mediocre like filmmaker basically, and this at the this this script was okay, and it wasn't like anything brilliant. But like I think by now, like like what Kevin said, like you got to expect this by now basically. Like if you 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 went in believing that this was going to be, like, some kind of, like, tour de force or, like, worthy of an Emmy or something, like, you're friggin' deluded. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a movie about toys from the 80s, basically, and, you know, the fact that we get the, this, this at all is really kind of, you know, I guess I can say fortunate, because, obviously, um, people are like, you know, oh, well, I don't want to see these movies because, you know, they line Michael Bay's pockets or whatever. And yes, they do. But they also give Hasbro enough money to give us stuff like, you know, new generations and like, you know, classics toys. So, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, support that basically. And even if the movies themselves have like kind of have a bad reputation, I think they, they also have at least heightened awareness of Transformers like around the world. Like, but Kevin, I actually wanted to ask you, like, you know, is is there a lot of like I know you said it hasn't officially come out in Japan yet, but is there a lot of hype for it over there? Oh yeah, there's tons of hype. Um, the the toy line is out. Um, there you can buy your your tickets in advance. Um, we've got our own like the the Transformers Expo is going to be next month, where it's going to be celebrating all things Transformers uh, around the same day as the. Uh, release date for the movie. You know, I, I teach I teach uh, elementary school and all of the, the kids know you know the new Transformer movie coming out, yay. So yeah, I mean it's 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 much bigger here than it's ever been. That's cool. Like I also I also wanted to ask you like for the for the specific like Japanese perspective like I know I know like you know obviously for years and years and years like Optimus Prime has been called Convoy in Japan but uh, with the start of these live action movies I think they've switched to calling him Optimus Prime now haven't they like has that been a big deal or whatever or well yeah, you have to remember that Transformers wasn't huge in Japan. Um, until the release of the live-action movies. Uh, I mean, like, even even six, seven years ago, you could buy toys from, uh, like, Master Force, uh, Victory, Zone, for pretty low prices, like, even even in perfect shape. Uh, but now, like, the, the movies have started a wave of uh, Transformers nostalgia for the kids who did enjoy it, which has shot the prices up through the roof. So the people who are even aware of the change from Convoy to Optimus Prime are few and far between. I, I've met a few people who were like, oh, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, Optimus Prime was Convoy. It was like, oh, well, do you, do you mind the change? Like, no, I changed everything. Transformers, it's supposed to change. That's, that's the point. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, like I, th- I think I read that they they changed it to Convoy initially because they thought the name Optimus Prime would be like too difficult for like Japanese children to pronounce or whatever. So it's a pain in the ass to type. Yeah, it's true. What in like uh, kanji or just like because the it's the way you pronounce it here is uh, Optimus or Optimus Prime, and typing that the the T is a real pain because they're. That's not a real common uh, pronunciation, so you need to actually kind of have a, a workaround to type it out. Ah, okay. There's, there's not a specific character. It's it's almost it's almost like a cheat. When I find out who's behind this, he's going to die. Yeah, so uh, I, I think that's pretty much you know pretty much uh, it for bad stuff and like criticism and whatnot. I had two more questions for you guys, and I, I know I said I only had one more, but like I, I just thought of this. Um, 
what would you say your favorite like scene or your favorite line from the movie was? Um, I'm gonna go with I've got I've got two, and uh, I'm, I liked when they first the Autobots first infiltrated Lockdown's ship. And, like, Crosshairs goes on this epic, like, list of things that they should be, like, looking out for on Lockdown's ship, like, as dangerous things. And he, like, names all these alien species. And then, like, at the end, he's like, and, of course, radiation. And, like, I, that, that made me crack up. And in the same scene, what also made me crack up was when Drift was like, you know, we should exercise caution, you know, and and try to use nonviolence. And then, it, like, the creature in the cell, like, grabs him, and he's like, ah, I'll kill you! And he, like, stabs the, ce- like, creature in the cell to death, and he's like, it is dead. And I was like, <laughs> that, that, that kind of reminded me of, like, more than meets the eye, when, like, Drift and Ratchet and Pipes... A journey to that the the medical center and like they were all the plague ridden guys and the one plague ridden guy like sneaks up on pipes and like drift hacks it to pieces and like Ratchet's kind of like what would you do that for and drifts like well it was gonna infect pipes and Ratchet's like you know it was harmless he was like moving it two miles an hour like dude <laughs> like I I think that's kind of funny just because like I think like characters like Drift who like kind of espouse like you know pacifism or or not pacifism but like non-violence and then they turn around and hack someone to pieces like I always think that's kind of a funny like uh, uh, incongruity I guess but uh, Jan what was can you think of like a favorite line or a favorite scene like or, or a scene you laughed a lot at I know I did kind of get a giggle when uh, Joshua said, how do, how do you say get the fuck out of my way in Chinese? I, I, I know that the theater burst out on that one. Drift's line of I was expecting a giant car was definitely up there. <laughs> I know that there was another one. It's not coming to me, but uh, let's see. Scenes, favorite scenes. I guess when they bombarded the KSI building and went in to go get brains and try to find out what had been going on in there. Yeah, that was cool. Like I said, like I said, the music I liked in that scene. Like I thought that that was when the uh, the theme song really kicked in, and I thought it was pretty effective there. What about you, Kevin? One of my favorite lines um, was when when Cade was complaining about his his uh, daughter, and Optimus just goes, "Yeah, I went through the same thing with Bumblebee." <laughs> 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 no, you didn't. But <laughs> that was pretty funny. And when uh, when uh, Bumblebee is just like completely losing it over like the the fake Bumblebee that they've made, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, calm down, calm down. And they use the line from The Big Lebowski. It's like, I'm perfectly calm, dude. I'm like, because they've got John Goodman in the movie. They use they use. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was that was genuinely clever. Like that was I really enjoyed that. John John Goodman was pretty awesome in general in that movie as Hound. Like I, I think he was very well cast, and he, even though he, he didn't resemble like G one Hound or whatever, like he kind of actually looked like Bulkhead a lot. But like I think he was a very memorable character. Maybe I may stop covering you. If I stop covering you, it means I'm done. We're gonna have- I remember my other favorite line now. Uh, it's when um, Bumblebee is. Uh, complaining about Stinger, and he says, I hate cheap knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. Okay, I, I guess uh, the final question I had, and this is this should be pretty easy, or maybe it won't be, who knows, but uh, how would you rank this uh, Age of Extinction with the other three movies? Like, personally, I would go, I would say that the first movie is probably the best one, and I'd be willing to put Age of Extinction at number two, and then probably Dark of the Moon, and then at the very bottom, Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, Kevin, how would you rank them? Exactly the same way. Um, I I know the first one has gotten just tons of flack, but that movie was so much better than it had any right to be. Uh, it was such a huge success. Like it did so many things right and so many things that you wouldn't have expected a Transformers movie to do. And so I I, I just I love the first one, and this one is a, a close second. It is it does so much right. It sidesteps a lot of the issues with the with the first three movies. Uh, it's just enjoyable, even if it is a bit long. So, yeah, definitely number two with uh, BFG. 
Nice. nice. What about you, Jan? Yeah, I, I'd be about the same. I'd probably put this film more on par with the first, if not maybe just a little bit better, because we get more Transformer activity in this film than the others. Yeah, there definitely seemed to be a better, like I said, a better balance of like Transformer activity with the humans, mm-hmm. you know, than this one. So I was definitely happy about that. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about all we have to say about Age of Extinction. Um, does anyone have any, like, final thoughts before I kind of wrap it up? Uh, well, I guess we can state that as of this recording, the film has grossed uh, $633 million. <laughs> and uh, it's just continuing to go up. I think yeah, no matter what else, like Transformers, like no matter like you know what you might think of the quality of these movies, Transformers is still like a very popular name brand, and you know, I think you know, I, I feel I feel like even if these movies were much much worse than like they than like they are or some people think they are, like I'd still go see them just because I'm a Transformers fan, and you know I just feel like like a compl- I'd have to be a completist and go see them so. <laughs> What about you, Kevin? Anything else? Any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any first thoughts, so <laughs> <laughs> I came on here to I came on here to talk about Transformers, like Michael Bay's Transformers. Thinking is not at the top of my. That's true, point. right? Well, I'm done. What do you mean you're done? Means finished. See ya. Goodbye. Yeah. So that's about it. I mean, I just figured this would be a nice like discussion, and then I, as soon as like I think Jan brought it up, like you brought it up to us, and I was kind of like, yeah, that would be a good discussion. And then I was like, oh, is there anyone else who wants to talk about this? And like the other fan holes were all kind of like, eh. So I was like, well, me and Jan will do it. Like, and, and we'll build our own casino, our Transformers casino with blackjack and hookers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, I, then I was like, oh man, like I should get you know Kevin's perspective too, because like, and that it kind of worked out because I was like, oh, we're all in different countries too, so it's like it's kind of like you know America, Canada, Japan, like it's kind of like, probably the three biggest places outside of China too, I guess uh, that Transformers are really popular in. So you know, I, and I guess like the UK or whatever. Maybe I should have invited like Danja or something onto this too, but too late now. <laughs> would have been nice to have somebody either in China or somebody who has a real emotional attachment to China to really... <laughs> uh, yeah, do we know anyone like that? No, no. No. Yeah, so that, that, that was our Transformer Tuesdays episode on Age of Extinction. Uh, as I'm, I'm going to probably like release this episode a little earlier, so it's a little like timely. Like So Age of Extinction will still be in theaters by the time you're listening to this. So, like, you know, I think we, we were all pretty positive on it. And, like, I think, you know, the, the Bay movies are fairly uh, d- divisive in the fan base and... Uh, like you know, if if you had no problems with the first three ones, then I think you'll like this one. And if you hated the first three, you'll probably hate this one too. So I mean, you know, I just I just say you know, go with the flow, man. Do whatever you got to do. So that's pretty much it. So uh, yeah. So at this point, like you know, Derek would probably say, you know, we're on all these things. We're on Tumblr. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Give us a like. Blah blah blah. You know, I'm not good at that. So I'll just say, you know, like Google us and you know. Yeah, look at us and give us some views or give us some good iTunes reviews because I guess like iTunes reviews are like candy or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, do that. This is uh, Mike uh, uh, signing off. Why don't you guys say goodbye as well? Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. This is Jan Airhammer. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good enough. Good enough. So thanks for listening and uh, signing off. Thank you. Age of Extinction. Go. See you. Peace.
it's a good thing they went with the with the all new cast for this movie because it's like, well, okay, Steven Spielberg won't let uh, Megan Fox come back, and nobody is going to put Shia LaBeouf in an expensive movie. <laughs> Kind of a good idea. It's like, uh, yeah. So, what happened to uh, what happened to uh, Sam? Uh, he's probably sitting in some theater with a bag over his head, ripping off. <laughs> the he made a disturbance at Walgreens, and they arrested him. <laughs> no, 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 no.